right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Filipino American Woman Project. I am your co-host, Jen Amos. And as always, I have Nani Dominguez with me as my co-host. Nani, welcome back. Hello, hello. Hey, everyone. Yes. And we want to jump into it, get into this next interview. But before we do, let's go ahead and just briefly go over our announcements. If this conversation, what do you call it, resonates with you in any way, or you feel compelled to reaching out to us, we have a phone number. You can text message us or leave us a voice message. Our phone number is 415-484-8329. Again, that's 415-484-8329 or the letters T-F-A-W. So TIFA as in the Filipino American woman. Nani and I are focused on building community via newsletter. We are investing more of our time on there and giving you some deeper, more heartfelt slash current event related type content in our newsletter. And so if you want to be a part of that, if you want to stay in community with us and even contribute to our community, consider signing up for our newsletter. You can check that out in the show notes of this episode or on our website at tifaproject.com. Again, that's T-F-A-W as in the Filipino American Woman Project.com. This show would not be possible if it wasn't for our sponsors. What is it? Like Nani kind of reminded me of this in the last episode, but I am a huge advocate for Filipino women to share their stories, you know, to get their voice out there and to, you know, take advantage of the tools available for us today to show up in this world. And it's easier than ever. And so what I like to do, at least for our listeners, is provide resources to podcasting if you are considering starting your own podcast. And so I encourage you to once again, check out the show notes of this episode or visit our website, tforproject.com to learn about our sponsors, one of them being Captivate, which makes it really easy to not just distribute your show, but to actually have a website. You don't have to go through the hassle of creating one from scratch. And if you do advance to a WordPress website, Captivate actually provides a plugin. So it makes it super easy for you to transfer you know, your show onto a, another web hosting site if that is of interest to you. And last but not least, we love hearing from you. Most of all, we love hearing you share about how much you love the show to the world. And so if you have some good stuff to share about us, we encourage you to leave a five-star written review, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. Podchaser is kind of like the Yelp of podcasting. And you can find that Podchaser on our website, tutorproject.com. Or if you are listening to Apple Podcasts, which is most of our listeners are listening from, you just have to go to our show scroll to the very bottom at the bottom of all the episodes and you will see that you can leave a rating there and that's it Nani anything from you no I think that covers it sweet I feel like I should just like we should take turns giving announcements sometimes just <laughs> yeah like we could try all. that yeah <laughs> yeah all right anyway that's it this makes my editing so much easier when I just get this out of the way like when I started recording but yeah so let's go ahead and jump into it Nani we have a very incredible, fascinating guest for our show today. We have Christina Espiritu on our show. Christina Espiritu is a business strategist, an entrepreneur, and a mediator. Christina, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, ladies. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we are really excited. I'm especially really excited because as someone who has aspired to be, an, I, I like to jokingly say that I've, I've stumbled through the entrepreneurial life for the last decade now, and, and I'm still figuring it out 10 years later. And so I'm just really excited to delve into, you know, your story and, and how you did it all and how you continue to, you know, do amazing things on your entrepreneurial journey and just all the projects that we're probably going to dive into that you're, you know, doing right now. But before we get into that, why don't you share, how did you hear about the Filipino American Woman Project? And also share with us why you said yes to join us on our show today. You know, actually, so I haven't really been a fan of podcasts until I started working from home. 
So then, so I think beginning in March, I just started like looking at Spotify. And then every time I walk my dog, mm-hmm. I'm like looking for podcasts to listen to. And then I, I came across yours. And so then I just, yeah, I went to the spiral of just like listening to different <laughs> ones. <laughs> and so, Love it. so now I barely, now I like, I do Netflix and then like, then I listen to podcasts. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, but I, I said yes, because I mean, I think as like a Filipino, you know, American woman, it's really important to get our voices heard, especially during the time when, you know, there's a whole thing with the glass ceiling with women. And then the fact that you know, being a woman and then a woman of color, it's really important to just get our voices heard. So I'm really excited that you guys are doing this project. Yeah. And we had recently interviewed Jen and Rose within Her Purpose. And Mm -hmm. I come to find that you are going to be one of the stories featured in their book. So that's really exciting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're super amazing. I mean, I was so excited to just be a part of it. And just I mean, you know, I think they came across me and I came across them about a year ago. And so I know the hard work and the effort and just the labor of love that they've put in the books. I'm really excited. It's getting out there and it's getting a lot of publicity. Yeah, yeah. It's getting a lot of traction. And there's some familiar faces in there that I've noticed so far. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I know that person or I went yeah, to high school yeah. with that person. No, no, me, me too. I kind of, I know them. I'm like, <laughs> and then, and then it was funny because a couple of days ago, Jen was like, hey, I'm going to reach out to you because I want to connect you to these two ladies. I'm like, oh, I already know both of them. <laughs> but like, awesome. but that means the world is small, you know? Yeah, so yeah. yeah, it was pretty cool. I think the powerful thing that Jen and Rose are doing is creating that network that, you know, Americans who've been here for generations already have, Mm -hmm. you know, like just that easy hookup to get into like certain jobs or colleges. And it's like what they're doing is building that network for us, like for women of color, for Asian American women Mm -hmm. to know of each other and to help each other out. And so, you know, I kind of call them my authors as well. I aspire, (laughs) you know, we just like how they're getting a book done. That's part of our goal with this project as well is to Mm. to publish a collection of stories and life lessons from Filipino American women. So it's just really beautiful and validating to see so many of us coming out and seeing each other and helping each other and really creating that, you know, ecosystem for one another. So it's incredibly beautiful and inspiring. And I'm excited to be a part of what I'm considering this new normal of, Mm -hmm. you know, women empowering women. No, exactly. Especially since, I mean, the old boys club has been around for so long. And, <laughs> and, you, right, know, and right. you know, and for the longest time, my background is in law, my background is in business. And so, I mean, I remember a time when, and this is not like a long time ago, but like after I graduated from, you know, from law school and I go to this networking events, I'm the only, you know, a lot of times I'm probably like one of the 10 women there in the room. And then one of the few minorities and mm. so I've gone, I mean, there were instances when I think I remember what it was one instance when they thought that I was actually serving, you know, and they thought, yeah, because wow. it, yeah, yeah, and someone asked me like, oh, can I get this? I'm like, I get, yeah, you can get it yourself. So, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, if you want it, go ahead. <laughs> exactly. Like, can I get, sure, go ahead. <laughs> it's oh on the buffet God. table. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah wow. but, but, you know, but it's actually real and it's not like it was long ago I mean it's in recent times you Mm -hmm. know so it's really powerful that people in the media actually come up with stories like this to just kind of get the word out so yeah movement is real for sure yeah 
I think that'll be the day when it's like the girls club and a white guy comes in and just feels really uncomfortable and you know like they feel like they need <laughs> the to shrink outsider. themselves yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah when the tables turn that's gonna be great yeah. gonna be that will day. be the new reality sooner than later exactly <laughs> yep yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah for sure well Christina you know this project as we expand the definition of Filipino American women because we continue to learn more stories and realize that there's more there's really more to what it means to be a Filipino American woman but in the meantime right now we identify Filipino American women as individuals who live or have lived in America that are of Filipino descent and identify as female or pronouns she her and we have also invited the non-binary perspective as well so for you Christina share with us a little bit about your family background and why you identify as a Filipino American woman Sure. So I was born in the Philippines. My mom was from Bicol, and then my dad's from Bohol, but I grew up in Manila. And we moved here when I was 15. So we moved here in 1992. So I mm-hmm. went to school in the Philippines. So I, you know, I went to Catholic school all my life, I'm, up until we moved here. And then we moved here, and I was, I think it was eighth grade when I moved here. Mm-hmm. It was like three months graduating eighth, like the like eighth grade and after mm-hmm. that I had gone to high school so yeah so I've been here for you know like I've stayed here in the U.S. longer than I have in the Philippines mm. so yeah I'm just curious if like how was the transition for you at 15 years old to assimilate here or if, if you did assimilate did it feel like you had to assimilate did you feel like you had to adapt like what was that experience like for you Oh, so we came here, it was February. So February 1992 when we first came here. So, you know, it was in the middle of the school year. And mm-hmm. I remembered maybe the first month I said nothing to like no one. Wow. Because, but I grew up in, you know, I mean, I went to, I mean, I was fluent in English, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like I didn't speak English, but I was so shy. Not mm. really shy, but I was so scared of just, hey, so what are they going to ask me? Are they going to make fun of me? You know, so yeah, for the longest time, I'm pretty sure that the teachers thought I was a new for the. <laughs> I said nothing. It, it was actually quite funny. And then, and then they had me tested for, you know, like you had the gate honors and they're like, oh, oh okay. She's actually pretty smart. Oh. So we'll they're like, she's paying attention. Next- she's not exactly. talking, but she's paying attention. <laughs> exactly. So let's promote her to the next grade. But it was, <laughs> but it was, you know, so I think that first, like maybe six months was really an adjustment because we lived actually we moved in the Inland Empire with my uncle in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And the school that I had gone to, I mean, there were no Filipinos, mm-hmm. to tell you the truth. Yeah. So there were barely any, like, Filipinos there. And so, you know, I mean, it's like in my class, it was an honors class, and it was probably, like, I would say 60 70% Caucasian kids, mm-hmm. you know. And so it was, yeah, so it was a really strange for me. It was a really strange <laughs> environment because my cousin who had actually gone and moved here around the same time, she moved to Carson. Mm-hmm. So being in Carson, it's mostly, you know. Filipinos. Exactly. <laughs> so she thought it was just being in the Philippines as an extension. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so now we talk about our experiences and it's funny because, I mean, it's, it's so different. Like we're around the same age, but our experiences growing up were different. Yeah, um, that must yeah. have been so interesting to have come here at 
an age, like where you're in eighth grade going into high school and then, you know, mm-hmm. you don't realize you're different. And then all of a sudden you're in an environment where you're just around a bunch of white people. And it's like, mm-hmm. they were probably looking at you like, who are you? Where did you exactly. come from? Exactly. Exactly. You're like, I don't know. I'm just here. Yeah. yeah. And then you know how even the clothing that you wear, like it's, you know, and when I was there, I mean, I wore uniforms the whole time. Mm. From like great, you know, like all throughout grade school because I went to Catholic school. Yeah. So you having to wear like your own clothing for the first time. So it was, I just recently dug up a couple of pictures that I had. I'm like, oh my God, like, <laughs> did I really wear this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, right. Yeah. You know, honest, I, I could have pulled up some photos for you guys, but it would be super embarrassing. <laughs> no, you should, since we're not going to put the video up, you absolutely should. I totally will. I will, I will definitely email you some photos. Yes, please. Like, yeah. Yes, please. No, I'm yeah. curious to hear more about the difference in experience that you guys mm-hmm. had that you just mentioned, because like I said, coming here at that age and being put into a environment where you are the only Filipina around and, navigating you know how was that different for you navigating that space kind of on your own versus her who was in Carson surrounded by a bunch of other Filipinos so maybe it wasn't pointed out as much you know maybe she didn't feel ostracized that way yeah well when I first came so I was here for eighth grade part of eighth grade and then I went to high school for one year so and then I went to another school from like sophomore to senior year but sophomore year was really when I found like a group of friends that even now I still keep in touch with. Yeah, but the weird thing was that, you know, I mean, we were both around the same age when we had come here. But the moment we got here, like my parents spoke to me in English. My brothers and my sisters, we spoke because everyone else spoke English, right? Mm-hmm. And then I didn't grow up like learning about a lot of the Filipino I would say artists and all that stuff, like Filipino culture here. Culture, because yeah. I, yeah, because I never, like the Filipino American culture, because I never really got to experience it growing up. Mm-hmm. Whereas she, she was really immersed in it. Like she spoke Tagalog and all that stuff throughout with her friends and whatnot. And then she knew all the artists, like she belonged into all these Filipino American groups. And even throughout college, just throughout college, like, you know, I went to UCLA and they had like a Samahang Filipino group. I never joined it because I wasn't really comfortable because I didn't really Mm. grow up like learning about the Filipino American culture Mm -hmm. so because it's different and yeah yeah um, for sure yeah and you know and then I had like Filipino friends in college and like throughout my life but I think not as much as she did and then I didn't really like delve into like the whole Filipino American culture until like much later like after I had joined like the chambers of commerces that are mm. Filipi- like the Filipino chambers of commerce. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. when I'm like, Oh, and they would ask me like, Oh, do you know this person? I'm like, no, I don't know any of the, like, I didn't know much about the Filipino American culture, mm-hmm. like the artists and like who the players were. So, but like the past few years, it's, you know, I've learned it was like a crash course <laughs> so, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, but the difference is real. And it's so it's so funny to find little pods of like Filipinos, right? Like depending on where you grow up. Like you probably mm-hmm. grew up in. So you both grew up in Southern California, right? But you said you were in San Diego. Nani's in Oakland, in so Oakland. she's in the Bay okay. Area, and I'm in uh, yeah SoCal. So yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, but where in SoCal were you? Oh, yeah, yeah, San, San Diego. I was there. Oh, okay. I mean, I was a military child for the first 10 years of my life, so I moved around a lot. But I'd like to say that I was raised in San Diego from fifth grade till, yeah, really two years ago when I, <laughs> until oh, I moved out, okay. moved out here. So, yeah, it's interesting because I always find like that people start to embrace or learn about their culture at different stages in their life, yep. you know? And for me, that was when I was in college, when I joined a Filipino organization, Andres mm-hmm. uh, Bonifacio Samahan. And even then it was hard for me to grasp actually. Cause it, like I grew up in high school. I had a, it was a pretty diverse high school. I mean, mainly minorities, but still, <laughs> still mm-hmm. like pretty diverse. And I didn't really know about the injustice and, and all, all the social issues that Filipinos are going through till I was in college. And when I did the marches and, and stuff like that. But yeah, I remember at that time, I was just more curious about Filipino American culture rather than Filipino culture, because I didn't know who I was as a Filipino American yet. Mm, You know, I was more interested in that. And it's really now like, you know, like later in life where I'm kind of like, and Nani has been kind of bringing this up in past episodes, but I feel like I've been more curious to know about like the politics and all the issues that are happening in the Philippines now that, you know, this show, the Filipino American Women Project has really grounded me, you know, with all of Mm -hmm. these narratives and really learning what it means to be Filipino American today and everything. So yeah, that's a little bit about my background and my experience, like learning about our culture here. So it's very, very different from the Philippines for sure. Yeah. And I like the way that you put it where there are different stages where you learn it. Mm -hmm. And some people learn it earlier and then they get into that Filipino culture. You know, there's that one famous movie, gosh, like the whole thing with Rufio from, you know, the famous like Filipino movie with Rufio from like the hook. It was. Is uh, it the it debut? Like, are you talking you know, about? Debut, yes. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So yeah. So like for my cousin, she would say, "Oh, that's how I grew up. Like this was like my jam." She's like, <laughs> "I remember." I was like, "I, you know, like, but when where I grew up, like I, I didn't see that culture." Mm. And so, yeah, but it, yeah, it's really cool though to see like the just the different interesting aspects of like how it really changes you or like shapes you depending on what stage you know you've discovered that your Filipino American culture and roots so was there a time where you you really let's say kind of owned your identity or you like you knew who you were as a Filipino American you know it wasn't until like I was working and Mm -hmm. I would say probably like maybe six seven years ago it's Mm. really like not as late as that Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like all throughout college, I went to LA, but I didn't really hang out. I mean, I had like diverse friends, but like I didn't really you know, join the Filipino American groups. And then mm-hmm. after that, I did grad school, but I was in Pennsylvania. Mm. So, you know, so I did my law, I did my JD and my MBA degree in Pennsylvania in a small town. And I kid you not, like there were, I think about 3000 people in the town. Mm. And wow. yeah, wow. and we yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and and then and then it was because they had the college and the law school in mm. the town. So like that so it was like a the, college town. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then the law school that I had gone to, there were three Asian people, and I was one of them. <laughs> and we all came from California, right? Oh yeah. wow! So, yeah, yeah. Actually, one was from UCI once, and then me from UCLA, and the other girl from UCLA. That's and funny. Like, yeah, so we all hung out together, and there were only three of us. Yeah, yeah. All, from what I can remember, anyway. Yeah, and then you know, and so my boyfriend's Caucasian, and mm-hmm. 
so we moved to the town and there was a military college and I remember mm -hmm. an instance when like someone asked if I was his Korean bride from <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> yes. Yeah, but but the funny thing is, we're like, really? Like, do we look a that old, or his like timeline just off? Like, you have to be, I don't know, in your sixties to be Korean <laughs> at that point. Whatever, <sighs> you know. I know yeah. it seems like you know, there's that whole like Asian fetish thing that yeah, like middle like age. That. Caucasian men tend to have like they'll have like you know the typical story is that they have a midlife crisis they go through uh -huh. a divorce they go you know they go travel to yep. Asia and then they come back with an Asian woman <laughs> like a yeah. younger Asian woman yeah well the funny thing is we're the same age and so we're like yeah <laughs> so, so we're like, like um first of all the ethnicity is <laughs> wrong and second make yeah. sense yeah <laughs> exactly. no exactly we're like okay they're off by like 30 years <laughs> you know so but but those are oh, the things funny. you just encounter in a small town yeah you know, honestly a lot the of just, yeah and you just kind of have to like not laugh about it but you're like okay like yeah it's just you got to choose your it. battles yeah yes yeah exactly <laughs> yeah you, yeah there's only so much time in the day to actually <laughs> <laughs> exactly you can't reason yeah. with unreasonable people yeah, right? yeah or uninformed sure. people yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I like that attitude because I, I think that sometimes those situations can be traumatizing and debilitating. Mm -hmm. You to think like, yeah. uh, like I'm reminded again that, you know, I'm different. Mm -hmm. I'm like other, you know, and uh, it sounds like you had a good attitude about it. Well, I mean, I think the only way I can really do is educate them. Well, because mm -hmm. a lot of times people just don't know. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, you know, and I like to give people the benefit of doubt like it's not like they're malicious mm. about it they're just mm -hmm. like ignorant which is different exactly. right mm -hmm. yeah so if I don't tell them like honestly like that place only had like one Thai food restaurant like in the whole <laughs> town you know and so I'm like okay like how much Asian culture can they really know yeah <laughs> so, yeah. yeah so I'm I like blame them <laughs> exactly I'm like maybe is it is it my obligation or my duty <laughs> yeah. Like, just tell them. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, that's a good question. Like, how often, when you experience those microaggressions, do you take on that responsibility to say, you know, this is a time where I speak up and try and educate someone versus this is not worth my time and energy. You know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Like, well said. Yep. For sure. Mm. Well, Christina, let's go ahead and jump forward to life today. And I, I appreciate you really taking the time and being thorough with us about your upbringing and your education and everything. So you're up to a lot of things. <laughs> why, why don't you share? And, and, you know, at the time of this recording, you've been up since like 4 a.m. from yeah. um, what, I, what I understand. <laughs> and you just like, you know, came back from a flight. So give us a snapshot of your life today. Like for people that are getting to know you, Tell us, what does life look like today? What keeps you busy and most excited about life nowadays? Sure. So before I was actually doing a lot of the stuff as a side hustle and I was working full time and in finance, right? Hmm. Since then, I've really tried to make the leap and just say, okay, fine. Like these are the things that I, I mean, and I think a lot of people are kind of doing their whole you know, like reviewing their life as, as yeah. the whole thing happens. Yeah. And so since then, I've been working on a lot of things, really delving into entrepreneurship full time. Mm. So I work, yeah. So I work on my business called My GP Stop. And so My GP Stop is the first real cultural Yelp directory that's for the Filipino community. Mm, so what yes. we have is like one of the fastest growing like directory listing that's just for Filipinos. So we have, you know, Filipino businesses, entrepreneurs, creatives, 
all in one spot for people to find. And then along with that, because some of our clients have been asking us, so we've delved into doing a lot of target marketing and then also event management for a lot of those businesses as well. Mm -hmm. So to do that, and then with my background in valuations and business strategy, so I run the business, I do business valuations for startups and then companies in transition. And we work with them in determining like how much their business is worth. And then if they want to sell it in the future, or if, you know, if they want to plan an exit, then we help them develop a strategy. So then they can get the price that they want Mm -hmm. once they decide to sell or do something with their business. Yeah. So those are the two main things. And then, you know, I run like a cannabis business on the side, but that one is 420 Foodie Club and we work with cannabis uh, chefs and edible makers. And so before, yeah, before COVID, like we were doing a lot of events. So Mm -hmm. we do a lot of events, like more of the educational events. We do a lot of dinners. We do a lot of wellness events, especially with women and seniors. And so right now, yeah. So right now we're pivoting into seeing a lot of things that we can do virtual, but virtual is not as exciting. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, and it's, yeah. So, but we like, we the kind of things that we're doing, it has to be really like experiential. Mm-hmm. So right now it's really like pivoting and what we can do that would add value to the people that I work with, you know, when we can't do events. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So like my typical day, really, like I try to not do anything business related up until I walk the dog and then, I do like 20 minute transcendental meditation in the morning. Mm. So those are the two things I do maybe like first thing in the morning. Then I just, you know, either like deal with clients. I do, you know, I mean, it's really varied, you know, either Mm -hmm. talking to clients, I'm working on different things throughout the day. But it's, yeah, it's not boring. (laughs) A little little hectic because sometimes I'm like, what am I working on now? (laughs) But, But somehow people ask me like, how come you're able to do all those things? And I said, you know, because they're all complementary in a way. So it's Mm -hmm. not like I'm doing things that are separate from each other. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love that you're doing cannabis. My husband and I are big like cannabis advocates, especially for veterans. I mean, he's, he's just, he's just a pothead to begin with, but (laughs) but he talks, but he talks about the benefits, (laughs) the medicinal (laughs) benefits. And you were really, really big on that and educating on that and talking about it. So I I love that what you're doing, you know, is focused on women and seniors. And, you know, we were even trying to convince my mom-in-law to use CBD oil for her pain, but it's good stuff. It works. Like I remember I was diagnosed with mild depression last summer and I didn't want to take like antidepressants or anything. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I remember I was like sort of in denial. And then I remember like when I started taking CBD oil, that's how I knew for certain that I had mild depression because like whatever the CBD oil did, like it just like lifted up my spirits. And I was just all of a sudden, I was just generally happier. You know, like I didn't feel myself like falling into like just general sadness, you know, and I was like numbing out. Yeah. 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 And I was just thinking about this the other day too. I was like, I was like, man, like my mind just wants to rest in sadness, like naturally I, I, Mm -hmm. it just does. But there's something about at least my experience with CBD oil where it doesn't do that. I just feel level headed, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's just my story. Obviously it's, you know, case by case for everyone, but I believe in it (laughs) and I'm here for it. And I, I think it's awesome that you do that. 
Well, that's great because when I started 420 Foodie Club, really, you know, because I was cancer survivor, mm. you know, and back then, like I had it when I was in college, I had cancer in college, you know, and they didn't have cannabis back then, like not they, but it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. Mm-hmm. And then I just had a friend who had cancer and I love cooking. So I go, you know what, I can... I said, how hard can it be? I can creative. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I can make you something, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, so then I started doing just a few different recipes. And then what I realized, it's like, I'm always about DIY. And I go, dude, like, you don't have to like buy these edibles because you can make it yourself and you don't have to a, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot cheaper. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. And so that's really like my motivation for starting 420 Foodie Club is to like empower people to make it themselves. Especially mm. I work with a lot of seniors who have fixed income. Mm-hmm. So then I can say, you know what, you can buy that $5 brownie or I can teach you how to make the oil and then you can make this brownie for pennies at a dollar. So, oh, yeah. So that's what we do when we do a lot of the educational events. It's just to really empower people to make it themselves. So, yeah, that's yeah. so cool. My best friend and I actually had a similar business plan that we wanted to do that was pretty much identical to what it sounds like you're doing and specifically targeting like older women as well. Mm -hmm. And so that's really cool to see like you doing that. And it is once you learn how to, so I've obviously dabbled in baking and things like that as Mm -hmm. well. And it is like, once you learn how to make the oil or the butter, you can really make anything and really get (laughs) creative with it and make it a whole experience, which I know they have hosted experiences or had uh, Mm pre-corona hosted experiences that you can do like, five course meal or wine tasting nights or you know whatever and I always wanted to attend one of those because that would have been one of our goals you know with our business plan but well next time after COVID I'm sure once the events pick up again because the last time the last thing we did was back in December so we did like a full course like a Christmas dinner Oh, for, how God, for 20 people. Yeah. yeah. So like, Dang, 20 yeah. people. That's a lot. Yeah. Which is do fun. You do, is it like private parties or do you have people that just like random, a random 20 people that subscribe? Oh, you can do both. But like it's usually we do private ones and then mm-hmm. we do it at their house. And then yeah. we, I, have, I have chefs and then what they do is they say, okay, like what's your dosage? Like some people don't even want it infused. So maybe uninfused to like a certain dosage. Mm. And then they will infuse each course, THC slash CBD, depending, right? So like they'll kind of lift you and then at the end, it'll be CBD. So by the time they get home, they, you know, they're just feeling nice and exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we just, and then, you know, we, and then we play, as I say, usually I host and we play games, like trivia games, you know, depending on what they want. Yeah. So we, we always kind of make it fun. Yeah. That's so, so cool. I love that. So yeah. yeah, maybe next time. Well, we had Filipino food one time too. So Ooh, what a great yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a lot of Filipino clients? Not a lot, but there's actually the chef that is part of the book too, Charlene. So she's oh, okay. a Filipino chef, but she has a dispensary in Portland. Mm, so nice. yeah, so cool. I like if you look at her Instagram, she has like, infused ponset and like oh yeah yes. okay yes i'm yes, here yeah. for that <laughs> exactly and i've made infused turon you know mm-hmm. so like some infused filipino desserts 
So, oh my nice. goodness. Yeah. I'm like inspired right now. I know. <laughs> I'm like, okay. now I want to bake. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys baking afterwards. Like. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna, we're going to like tag you on Instagram. Look what we made. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you send me photos for sure. If you guys are going to do it. <laughs> when this is over, we should definitely host an event like that. If oh, we yes. Can. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking about doing like a Kamayan one. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it should be. That would be, be so fun. much fun. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. I don't really. I, w- I don't want to gloss over the my jeepney stop, uh, but and I just yeah. think it, it's awesome what you have created. I'm curious to know what inspired you first of all to create my jeepney stop. Yeah. So so really, my inspiration is because I was part of the Filipino chamber for about four years, right? Mm-hmm. And. I just came across a lot of people, even my professional life, asking, oh, do you have a Filipino speaking, whatever it is, attorney, accountant, someone who, you know, basically, or like immigration attorney, whatever it is, like there's different ones. And my friend and I were both in the chamber. And I said, one day, I just called her up in the morning. He's like, hey, I think we should do this. And she mm-hmm. goes, what? She's, <laughs> I go, we should just do instead of them, instead of people just asking us, we just like just have it on, all in one place. Yeah. She goes, okay. <laughs> it's really, so then she's been my <laughs> business partner ever since. But we're inspired because people have been asking for a resource and it's hard to find it in one place. Mm-hmm. And the ones that we've seen are either not updated or mm-hmm. they're just, yeah, like they're not just accurate information. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so then we just decided that maybe it's time to create it. And then since then, like we started two years ago, since then we've added a lot of different mm-hmm. services, but really targeting the Filipino community and making sure that like Filipino business owners and entrepreneurs actually get, you know, a bigger piece of the pie, right? Either Mm -hmm. through promotion, networking, or just getting known like Mm -hmm. mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. I think that and your business services, like business valuation services Mm -hmm. is so like needed here in this community. We were talking in our last episode, in our last podcast episode about highlighting or basically just building a network, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that social media has been so powerful and impactful for us in like building this kind of community or at least having one central place where we can all plug into. And so that's exactly what we need is like a directory so that it makes it easier for us to work together just by way of like having access, you know? Well, my GP stop is there. So we have the website and then we have a growing Facebook page and and a group. So, but yeah, you're right. Cause like what I really love, is just like, I love working with startups and I just love connecting people. So a lot of the stuff that I do, it's all about building community. And then yeah. I, you know, just my work with business valuation, it's all about working with them as startups mm. and then helping them either get funding or helping them get, you know, into like a, some sort of transition that would create value for them. But yeah, so the things that I do, I just, they're all kind of around the central theme. So that's why for me, it works, even though it seems like a lot, but I'm like, no, I just try to leverage some, (laughs) Yeah, I just try to leverage the work. So yeah, it's all complimentary. I was was just thinking about like the various projects that I do. And I think on the surface, they would seem so like disconnected. Like Jen, why Mm -hmm. are you like working with Filipinos and then you're working with like the military and then you're like, like, how are are you like doing all these like various things? And then you have like three podcast shows. Like, how are you doing all that? And I was like, well, I mean, for me, I just feel like it all represents me and it, you know, is a external, 
you know, proof of how multifaceted I am, you know, and just, just knowing like, you know, where I came from, you know, how I, you know, was born as American because of my military background. And then, you know, the work that I do today with my husband, but also like, you know, trying to find that balance of, you know, being Filipino and American, you know, it's like, it's very interesting. And I feel like the more I talk out loud about these things, the more I feel like I can accept my multifacetedness, you know, like how just, you know, how many projects I have going on, just understanding that it may seem like it's a lot, but it's really, it all complements each other. And it all represents like different parts of me. And that's okay. And so I think it's, really awesome what you're doing and how everything you're doing really plays into each other and really complements mm-hmm. each other. And I think hopefully that will inspire our listeners who maybe feel like they are juggling a lot of projects and, and are kind of putting themselves down for it, like maybe not fully mm-hmm. embracing like that they're allowed to do that. They're allowed yeah, to do exactly. different things, you know, because I in different spaces at yeah, the same time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I, I like that you call yourself a multi-entrepreneur because you are like you do various things, but you know, you are still Christina. You're Christina yeah. and you have various projects, you have various things and that's absolutely okay and exciting. It keeps you busy, yeah. like you said. Exactly. <laughs> and But it took me a while to really embrace it and just really be comfortable with it. Because mm-hmm. as you said, part of me for the longest time felt like, oh my God, what are people going to think? Like, <laughs> you know, are they going to think that I'm a flake? Like, why, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you <laughs> right, doing right. that? Right. And like, that. or yeah. And, but then I realized a, there's a season for everything. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's Amen. not like you're, yeah, you're not continually working on a project a hundred percent all the time because mm-hmm. some may lag. Right. And it's fine. Mm-hmm. And second, who cares? Really? Who cares what other people think at the end of the day? <laughs> I mean, I, yes. that's one thing I've just realized. I'm like, well, if they think that, I'm like, whatever, right? Good like, for them. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, but it took me a while, really. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. But. Yeah, I hear you on that. I just think about all the things I've done. Like in the, in the last decade of entrepreneurship, I've been in the legal industry, online marketing, and now financial services. But every industry brought out a different part of me, you know, like a different mm-hmm. side of me and challenge a different side of me. And just like what you said, like some projects do lag or some have to, you know, be put off for a while. And I just think about even you know, like celebrities where like they'll be an actor on certain seasons and then other seasons they'll do stand-up comedy, you know, in the the off season. So it's like absolutely normal. I think it's just something about maybe how society was originally designed with, you know, the school system and you're kind of conditioned to live a linear path and be known for one thing. But I think especially what I have found in our community, Filipino-American women, is that we're not one dimensional. We're just not. I mean, by nature, you know, we are Filipino and we're American. And so expect a lot of different things, (laughs) you know, coming out of us. And it's just boring to be one-dimensional. It is. Right? It is. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't want to bore myself. Like, you know, I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's probably the reason why I'm like, well, you know, I have to keep my life interesting. Um, yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah. This is very affirming. Thanks, Christina. No, I, no, it took me a while. But like, it, you yeah. know, and, be, and it took me a while to just like listening to different people and mm. just really the same affirmation that they gave me. They're like, who cares? Like what, what they say, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. And it's like, and it's like, who are they? Like, who are, yeah. who are these voices in our head that we're thinking are judging us, right? Like, well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it's really our own voice, right? Like, yeah. if you're hearing yeah. him, like, it's really my own voice judging me. But I'm like, 
I should just stop. Like I should just like silence that voice. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if you really call it out, it's like, Oh, that no one's saying that. That's just me. Like, no, like, for sure. <laughs> I made that, that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. I love it. No, but I love the affirmation from you guys too. So I'm, yeah, kudos. <laughs> yeah, it's a good reminder for all of us that it's exactly. okay to do several things at once or in different seasons, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I love to see yeah. people like you guys who just have your hands kind of in a bunch of different cookie jars because it not only, you know, kind of highlights how diverse the Panay is, but it also brings out the multifacetedness of you as individuals, like Jen Mm -hmm. said. And not only that, but also it makes you so much more valuable, like your contributions to each of the communities that you have your hands in. It makes those contributions just so much more powerful. Yeah. And you never really know when someone, like I went to this meeting yesterday and we were pitching one company, you know, we were pitching the services of one. And then I said, oh, no, and I also do business valuation. And they go, you know what? We can also use that. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I am here. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, you discover new opportunities along the way. Exactly. And before I used to be like, no, I shouldn't mention that because this is not the time for it. But mm. I'm like, if they ask, I mean, like, why not? Like a lot of skills are transferable, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well, this has been a really exciting conversation so far, Christina. Thank you so much for being here. So for the next part of our interview, it's really one of the last questions in my favorite part, which is really the life lesson and story that we want to wrap up with here. And so offline, we were talking about like a piece of advice that you would give to anyone that wants to take the entrepreneurial path is to get past the fear. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit about that and what led you to you know, to tell yourself, I just got to get past the fear. I just got to do this. Yeah, well, because I think a lot of times we think, oh, but I can't start this because I don't have that much experience in this or Mm -hmm. what are they going to say? But I think it's all the voices in our head, the same thing we're talking about. And it's that fear of like, what if we fail? Mm -hmm. Like, what's going to happen to me, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, so if you fail, then you just go and like do it again or do something different, right? (laughs) Right, right. You (laughs) learn something. Yeah, exactly. And then one thing I've learned is I just recently saw this quote is that if you haven't failed, that means you haven't dreamt big enough. Mm. Because yeah, because if you haven't failed, that means you're staying in your comfort zone. And Mm -hmm. so you actually, in order to grow, you have to do things that are kind of beyond what you're doing before, right? So Mm -hmm. one of the things that something that I've also learned is you have to be comfortable in being uncomfortable because you're going to be, I mean, there's going to be times you're going to be uncomfortable all the time, but you just have to accept that it's just going to be a way of life and you're not going to die if you're uncomfortable. You're going to get past it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, but I think just those things just kind of, you know, help me say, okay, I'm really scared of this, but who cares? I know I'm scared and I'm going to acknowledge it, but I still have to go through it anyway. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think it's just taking a minute to identify your fear and really evaluating it and really see like, okay, what am I really afraid of? You know, Mm -hmm. am I afraid of being embarrassed? Am I afraid of letting myself down? Am I, uh, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, like most of the time when you fail, you don't die. You're like most of the time, you know? (laughs) And I think it's like, it's like when you said like when you fail, well, well, you just fail. You just fail, and you can yeah. you can do it again. Like you can try right. again. You're human. Exactly. You can't expect yourself to be perfect at everything you try on the first time. You know, exactly. it takes time to learn, and you have to fail in order to learn. Yeah, 
and I think it makes you more relatable too because people only see like the successes but you know everyone fails they just don't talk about it but you realize the ones that do the ones who like you know I mean like just a side note like one of my favorite shows is like the baking show like where they're amateurs and then they bake the most ridiculous like ugly like cakes you know (laughs) but you know they're gonna fail but it's just really funny but to see them like in the element of being uncomfortable it's funny to watch them (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) yeah for sure but you're yeah you relate to them because they're like oh you know it's just it's not just me Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's so, like the power behind those shows is it's it is relatable, even if it is kind of like you're making a mockery of them, or that's what the <laughs> show is intending. You know, that's yeah, what they yeah. want you, how they're trying to frame it. It's also really relatable, and you're like, wow, they're human just like me. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think that's really powerful, and it's a you know, yeah, it is a good reminder that part of life is failing. I mean, really, maybe it's even reframing it and just saying like part of life is experimenting, you know, and seeing what works, what doesn't work. And, you know, I I know that at least in my own experience, you know, failing is considered shameful. And so I can understand why maybe some people are afraid to fail because it's shameful, not for them, but also their family, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just hope that in this conversation for anyone that is listening to this to know that like, when you fail, you just fail. That's it. I mean, you fail, you learn something new, you can get back up. And, you know, hopefully in everything you heard today, you'll find the reassurance that you're going to be okay. You're going to be just fine. And I think especially in today's times, we really have to give ourselves extra grace you know like let's not forget like I mean with all the stuff we would normally do on top of that you have the pandemic (laughs) you know on us and like all the current events that's like affecting the world right now and so just giving ourselves that extra grace and I'm hoping that you know whatever the new normal ends up looking like that we are a little more human once we get Mm -hmm. to that new normal we're a little more human more compassionate more understanding of one another and in a way i'm excited to see what that day will look like until then you know i think you know we're all doing our best and i'm just really fortunate to you know have the opportunity to still do the show you know with nani and really amplify our voices because i also think that you know, just like what you mentioned, Christina, like how you started listening to podcasting, like since this pandemic, I think a lot of people are slowing down to learn, you know, to be more open to new things and seeking to understand. So, you know, it's a good time to be a Filipino American woman, I think, think, and to take chances and to do it unapologetically and know that you're going to be okay, even if you fail. (laughs) Exactly. Yep. And I totally like the way that you guys are, you know, what you're doing here and really just you know, showcasing and amplifying, you know, our community. Thank you. you. It's fun. We enjoy it. I feel like I haven't yet had a boring conversation with anyone yet. So, (laughs) (laughs) so that is good. Like I haven't like done, I I don't think I've, I've felt like anyone has been the same and that's what excites me or continues Mm -hmm. to excite me about our community is just how multifaceted we are and how different we are, even though, you know, maybe the only thing we have in common is of being Filipino descent, you know, (laughs) like, it's like, there's not really much, like, that doesn't really represent much, you know, when when you hear all these stories, you know, that's the one thing that I think ties us all together. But other than that, we're so beautifully different and, and everything. So we have, we have a lot to give as a result of that. Good. Well, and then I think it also gives people courage when they think that people are different and they're like, oh, if I'm different, then, you know, it, yeah, like it doesn't make them feel bad or anything. So, right, right. Yeah. 
But. Yeah, absolutely. Christina, this was a wonderful, wonderful conversation today. And I am just in awe of the projects that you are working on right now. For people that want to learn more about you or, you know, find My Jeepney Stop or the 420 Foodie Club, like how can they find all of your good work online? Sure. Yeah. So our website is myjeepneystop.com. Also same name with the Facebook page and then their group. And then 420foodieclub.com. So we're also on Instagram and Facebook. Perfect. Any closing thoughts before we go? I think the closing thoughts, it's just, honestly, for me, I am in awe of you guys. I mean, I think you're just, <laughs> no, really, like, I think you, <laughs> I saw that you had 56 episodes already. So I think you're doing a lot of great work, just really bringing the voices out there. So Thank you. I will, yeah. So I definitely, I, you know, I've tagged like my friends and shown them. <laughs> oh, thanks. And, and send them links to your podcast. So I'm glad I found you guys. We're sure. glad we found you. yes the feeling is super mutual just love all around (laughs) love and respect all around and i'm just excited to be in my opinion be part of a new normal of all of us supporting each other and wanting to amplify each other's voices and you know it's just a beautiful place and generation to be in and i'm glad to be a part of it Yep. Well said. Yeah. Well, Christina, thank you again so much for your time. It was a pleasure having you. Likewise. Thank you. And to Nani, thank you for co-hosting with me as always. You're welcome. And Christina, thank you for your wise words and your good vibes today. (laughs) So much fun. (laughs) Me too. So thank you so much to you guys. Yeah. And to our listeners, if you want to get in touch with Christina, don't worry. We have her contact information in the show notes or on our website, tforproject.com. With that said, we want to thank you all so much for listening. And we look forward to speaking with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Bye-bye. Bye.